everyone. Welcome back to Unpacking Potato, the podcast where I, Honey, the self-proclaimed potato, unpack a variety of different topics. So first of all, I would like to say thank you everybody to the support, the continued support. Um, I went on Apple Podcasts this past week. I know the last one I told you I was on my way. I'm finally on it. And I've already, I already have three reviews and they were so lovely. Um, So I would like to share. So Allie Ward from Ologies does the same thing where she picks a review every week to share and I wanted to do the same. So this is my very first one. It's called Excited for More Episodes um, by MCG. And they said, loved this, giving such great perspective on life happenings and definitely addressing some life insecurities in a positive and realistic way. Big takeaway is find what makes you happy. And I'm so glad making this podcast makes you happy because we're all benefiting from it. Thank you so much. Um, Reading these and like the messages, it just really brightens up my day. So I really appreciate that you took the time to write such kind words. And yeah. And next we will do our little mindful moment. So you know the drill. Pay attention to your face. We're going to breathe in deep. And out. And now bring that attention to your jaw. Is it tense? Is your tongue stuck to the roof of your mouth? (laughs) If it is, take it down and open your mouth a little bit to stretch out that jaw. And then your forehead. Is it crinkled up or your eyebrows to your forehead? (laughs) Lower those eyebrows, relax that forehead. And then your eyes, if it is safe to do so, close them. Look side to side with your eyeballs, stretch them out a little bit. And then what we added last time with your shoulders, bring them up to your ears and squeeze and bring it down. If you liked this part of the episodes, um, I highly recommend the Headspace Netflix special. Um, They have a bunch of episodes with meditating and mindfulness and I really love it. So I definitely recommend that if you are interested. So I predict that this week's episode topic will likely be a multi-part series, um, either consecutively or I'll touch on it again later. Um, But this is um, linking to a response I got on the Google form and I had an anonymous submission. So I'm going to read that and then we will get going. So the nickname of this person is a Z. So Z or Z, (laughs) her pronouns are she, her. Um, There are no trigger warnings and it is a question. So she says, hi, honey. My question is about work slash life balance. There came a point where I was taking work home, thinking about work was making me anxious and being at work was super stressful. I've since managed to move past it. Five months off due to the main, (laughs) due to the panini helped, (laughs) but I can see a new coworker starting to go through the same thing. I want them to feel supported, but I also want to help them understand that their job isn't everything. Any advice as to how best explain slash express to them how to achieve a good work slash life balance or any advice on maintaining a good work life balance in general? Thank you. Um, Thank you so much for the submission. Sorry, I had to laugh when they said panini instead of the pandemic. (laughs) That always gets me. 
So from your submission, it sounds like what you experienced a little bit was burnout and what your coworker might be experiencing is the same thing. So everything you mentioned about thinking about work makes you anxious, being at work is extremely stressful, um, taking work from home is definitely an aspect of it. And I think it's so important to talk about and I think it's really amazing that you want to support them and help them understand. Um, so that's amazing. So going forward, maintaining a good work-life balance is basically what they tell you how to prevent burnout. Um, So this week's topic is burnout. (laughs) And I will be um, talking about the symptoms, causes, and then what we can do to kind of help prevent or fight against it when we are already experiencing it. I experienced pretty severe burnout um, during the pandemic. And it was actually before that it was starting to happen. And then COVID hit and it just kind of put a big magnifying glass on everything. And right now, that's why I'm taking a break. And to be completely open and honest um it got me to the point where I don't know if I want to continue social work anymore so I told myself I'm going to give myself a year off I'm in a situation now where I am able to do so and I'm super privileged that I'm able to do that so I'm taking a year off to try to figure out whether or not I want to go back into social work um, clinical social work or if I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and talking to a lot of my friends and just in general on social media and in the news and whatever, I think burnout is so prevalent nowadays and I'm definitely, definitely not alone. And a lot of my friends that I talk to, they don't even realize that they're burnt out <laughs> until I'm talking to them. And I'm like, hey, what about this? And I ask them all these different questions and they're like, oh yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. So it does sneak up on you. Um, it definitely snuck up on me and I'm literally trained to, you know, seek the warning signs and to do the self-reflection and self-care which is going to be its own topic um and all that stuff and I was like had no idea really I was just like work 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 um and then boom (laughs) so I definitely um feel that I really really feel it when people say like I really have no idea or they realize and they're like oh my god I had no idea the World Health Organization defines burnout as an occupational phenomenon It is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. They say that the three main symptoms of burnout is feelings of energy depletion slash exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job or feeling negative toward one's career, and reduced professional productivity. And each of those symptoms, in my perspective, can be really divided up into many other symptoms within those um, titles, I guess, lots of subtitles within it. Um, But that's what the uh, World Health Organization defines it as. And that was a very recent um, definition that they created. I think it was in 2019 that they came out with this statement. So this is prior to the pandemic. And there was a lot of articles um, about the importance of the double the who <laughs> the who coming out with this definition and really identifying it as a syndrome um because it makes it more serious and more recognizable um a lot of articles that i read said that because the world health organization came out with this definition it's actually been really good to destigmatize and to normalize burnout So that's the World Health Organization's definition. And one part of it that I would like to highlight and unpack um, is the part where it says, 
uh, chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed resulting that's well that's where it's saying the syndrome is resulting and I wanted to really focus on that word managed because when you read this statement syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed when you think of successfully managing stress I think it is so often we look inwards we look at ourselves so we say oh we have not successfully managed the stress ourselves." And I think that's very problematic because of many reasons. Number one is you're blaming yourself. So it immediately turns into this shame, guilt situation. And two, because of that, that leads to a little bit of denial because a lot of the time we don't really want to admit that we are unsuccessful at things. We would like to think we're better than that and we should have known better. Um, So I think there's a little bit of, I mean, not really total denial, but a rejection of the idea in as a whole um, because we think oh we're working really hard though so I must this must be wrong I must not be burnt out we start second guessing ourselves and our symptoms we start questioning our behavior and our thoughts and our emotions and all these things like all our feelings and everything we just start being like oh no it must not be it well that was at least the case for me anyway and a lot of the friends that I was talking to it might not be the case for you but I would say personally speaking, just pulling this off from the top of my head, nine times out of 10, when you read that statement, you think to yourself, oh no, I have mismanaged it, or that this is something that's entirely in your control. I disagree with that completely. I think that burnout is on the responsibility of the individual and the organization that you're working for, whether that is a very large government organization, a company. Um, Obviously, if you're self-employed, that's a different scenario a little bit, um, and you can play with that. But that's, again, a a little bit different and a little bit more to look into because there's lots of layers involved in self-employment. So anyway, going back to the responsibility of it, I think the successfully managed part, it's important to decipher which parts should be on the person and which parts should be in an ideal world on the institution, the societal culture, and so on and so forth. Um, Self-care is such a big thing that's thrown out into the world nowadays in media, pop culture, everything. It's all about bubble baths and massages and getting a facial and your nails done, all these spa days, whatever. Self-care is so much more than that and also so, so much smaller than that, I guess. It really depends on how you look at it. But Like, yes, I agree, self-care is important, but I think the way our society looks at what self-care is, is not, it doesn't actually um, translate to what it needs to be for us to actually get the benefits from it. So, okay, going back. Uh, I think you can hear my washer in the background. I'm sorry if you can. (laughs) A little side note. So, successfully managing stress. It is not just on you as the individual i mean you can manage it and it's something that is controllable to an extent if you manage different aspects of your life and so on and so forth and we'll talk about that when we talk about more on this question of work-life balance but i think going back to our um listener who wrote in about her friend and how to tell them that work isn't everything in life like you know everything making sure that that 
balance is good, I think the first thing that they need to do is look and have a lot of self-compassion and practice radical self-love. And this radical self-love is something that I think everyone should practice on a daily basis. We are so, so hard on ourselves all the time. And that is a lot of the time a root of the root of a lot of our problems. You would never look at your friend, your best friend in the whole world and see them struggling because of a variety of different things going on in their life including work stress, family stress, personal stress, you know, the environment, <laughs> covid, all these things and be like you're lazy. You are a failure. You are not good enough or you are not trying hard enough. You need to do more. You're not doing enough. You would never say those things, but we say it to ourselves constantly. And I mean constantly. We may not be saying it out loud, but our brain, our internal voice is saying it to us all the time. And the first thing I would tell this coworkers, coworker of yours and all of you listening is practice radical self-love. Be compassionate towards yourself and your current situation. Don't get caught up in the, oh, well, so-and-so has it worse off than me. I don't even have it that bad, so I don't feel have the right to feel bad or sad or stressed, etc., etc. We tell ourselves that we don't deserve to feel feelings, and that is so, so far from the truth. Every single person is allowed to feel sad, happy, angry, hungry, lovely, (laughs) like all of the feelings, we have the innate right to feel those things. But because society, especially to women, drill into our brain that we shouldn't be angry or we're going to be seen as hysterical or we shouldn't be stressed, we should, you know, go through our day-to-day lives with this big smile on our face and be happy all the time. And sadness equals failure or you know all these things and anger is not an emotion that is you know we don't want to be bitchy all these things it's so frustrating to me because we have the right to feel all these emotions and if we actually sit with our emotions feel them and then process them correctly and see where it's coming from and allow ourselves without any judgment to go through step by step all these different things then so many of our problems would be not problems anymore. It would be so much easier to handle and manage um, because we have so much going on in our lives. Every single person listening right now, everybody has a story. Everybody has something going on in their lives that is difficult, that can that is happy, whatever level that is. It could be like 20%, 80%, you know, 20% happy, 20% angry, <laughs> 60% sad, whatever it is. But we're all going through something and we don't show that compassion to ourselves. Um, a metaphor I really love using is a story. So this lady was driving and in front of her is this car and it's swerving. Like it's not staying in its lane. It's just, you know, stop and go. Like the brakes are going on random times and it's just clear this person, there's something going on. She gets a little bit closer and she can see a big sign that says, I'm so sorry. I'm just learning how to drive stick. I'm sure anyone who's driven stick before and has learned for the first time can empathize with how stressful that can be. I don't remember where the story is from. It is from something, but I can't remember, so I can't take credit for it. But the point is, this person saw that sign and immediately was like, oh my gosh, I remember when I started driving stick for the first time. It was so stressful, especially on hills and stop signs and all these things, and then backed off this person's car and gave them more space. 
Now, the same person, maybe if they hadn't seen that sign, could have been gotten like so angry, gotten road rage, assumed this person was maybe driving under the influence, you know, thinking that they're not capable of driving properly, kind of had a bajillion different thoughts going through their head that just caused them to feel angry towards this other driver. But once they learned what their situation was, they were able to back off, understand, empathize, and just like go with it. So my favorite thing is someone's driving crazy around me not crazy, sorry. If they're driving around me in a dangerous way or in a way that I do not appreciate, I always assume maybe they really need to go poo. (laughs) That is my go-to for calming down my road rage and for a lot of different things. I just like immediately go to that thought because I've trained myself to do so because when I really had to go to the bathroom and I was driving, I drove like, like I was about to try out to be a race car driver. (laughs) Like I was passing people. I was like not driving properly because I needed to get home because it was an emergency. And I knew people were looking at me and thinking that I was a bad driver or that I was reckless or, you know, whatever. But I knew in my head, that's what my reasoning was. So if someone else is doing that, I do the same thing. And I'm like, maybe they have a reason. Maybe something's going on rather than the immediate, oh my gosh, that's a terrible driver or what a horrible person. And then allow myself to be angry. So if you listen to my um, ghosting episode and I talk about reframing our mindset a little bit and trying to see the other person's perspective or slash pretend that we know what's going on and what's going on with them is very bad and negative, then we have a little bit more compassion when it comes to trying to hear them out. It's a similar thing. So I don't know. Why I, I don't know why I got onto this topic. I'm going to have to pause it and rewind and see how I got here. Okay, I'm back. And you know what? I'm not going to edit that part out because this is just the reality of my brain. And I think that I should keep that part. So my point to that metaphor and that story is the same way the lady sees the other person's um, sign in their car, the same way I give the person who's driving erratically a little bit of benefit of doubt and pretend that maybe they need to go to the bathroom and it's an emergency. Like give yourself that same compassion, have it in your forefront, that big sign being like, hey, reminder, you're going through a literal global pandemic right now and you have to deal with this and this and this and like give that time to yourself to like reflect on all the things you're going through in order if that's what you need to do and I think that is what everyone needs to do because if you just say be compassionate to yourself people are like what so I say tell yourself hey this is what's happening in your brain this is what's happening in your life in your personal life work life whatever it might be and then cut yourself all of that slack (laughs) and be like okay wow I am doing a phenomenal job to get this done and accomplish this then. And this again links back to my imposter syndrome in the first episode where I say fighting against imposter syndrome is I like to factually just list off all the things that I've achieved and accomplished and then think about the things about like in those specific things and like what I had to do to accomplish those things and I it's literally impossible for me to be like I don't deserve success in this career because I can literally see on paper that I've worked so hard um it's similar to that so when you're experiencing burnout instead of looking at this and saying oh I'm mismanaging my own stress I'm terrible I'm not doing a good enough job 
if those are just coming through your brain, you got to shut it down and practice self-love and self-compassion before anything else. That's literally the first and only step, not the only step, but the very first step that you need to do to battle it. The World Health Organization says that the causes of burnout can be a feeling of a lack of control in your work environment, unclear expectations from your supervisors, um, or your peers, workplace dynamics, a lack of social support, and finally, work-life balance. So you're definitely right um, to the listener who wrote in, work-life balance and knowing how to do that is definitely a good way to prevent and fight against it. Like, I have I think I've already mentioned that. Um, but now the big question is, how do we do that? How do we get that work-life balance in order? So before focusing on work-life balance I'd like to rewind a little bit and go back because you did say that your coworker is starting to go through the same thing which I'm assuming is um, kind of what you said about thinking about work making you anxious and being at work being very stressful so like you just did the first thing I would suggest is when you start feeling some of these symptoms really sit down and do like a deep dive into your brain and into your heart and do like a list of the symptoms that you're feeling. Sometimes um, these symptoms are super on the money and they're like, yeah, feelings of energy depletion, exhaustion, check. Increased mental distance from my job and feelings of negative um, things towards my career, check. Like very clear, but other things that actually go along with that is like digestive issues, headaches, migraines, insomnia, um, depressive symptoms, like anxiety, like you said, and it's very, very important to actually um, highlight which symptoms that you think you have, because if you just kind of try to go, okay, no, everything is fine. Um, I'm just kind of burnt out, I think maybe. And then like, let's just kind of like try to fix it. Like, no, we got to do the work. <laughs> so we got to rewind and see um, what it is that's kind of wrong. And I don't like using the word wrong, but let's say out of balance. So for example, say, Thinking about work makes you anxious. Being at work makes you stressful. So let's even pick that apart even further. What is what specifically? Is there a specific person? Is there a specific task? Is there a specific day? Because depending on your job, maybe every day has its own you know purpose, or maybe some person is that person that gives you the same job. This a specific task or maybe it's the drive like literally whatever it is that you can think of to pick it apart as um, detailed as possible would be great so for me it was um, there was a person involved there was a certain situation there was a certain topic because I'm in therapy and there were um, lots of like during COVID I didn't um, take any time off I, I obviously I'm a therapist so I'm essential services um, so a lot of the same um, issues came up and some other issues came up regarding um, things that are specific to military social work and those things were very difficult for me so I really tried to highlight what it was that was going on that got me super upset and this is like way later on when I actually started seeing my own therapist I didn't do this any of this work on my own because like I said I was kind of almost too far gone um down that road and it got pretty bad so I did seek help and with the help of um a therapist I did that so definitely do that as well if that is available to you. I know that therapy can be expensive and I know that not every um, place or person uh, has 
therapy accessible to them. Like I know some cities don't have enough therapists and there's like a big wait list. And if you do find one, it's only by private, like there's no coverage involved. You know, there's so many different things. So when people say like, go see a therapist, like, yes, that can be in theory really good to do, but sometimes it's not available. So I'm trying to give the tools to kind of maybe do that work on your own. Um, And there's lots of resources out there and lots of books out there because I'm definitely not, you know, I am, yes, I am trained, but I'm not like the one and only (laughs) expert in all knowledge and topics, right? So if this is something that intrigues you, I hope this is just like a good starting point for you to get some information, do some critical thinking about your situation, and then go and seek out more resources. um, Because the internet is very, you know, amazing and has lots of information available to you. Okay, so I would say step one is look at their symptoms, see exactly what they are. Are they related to other things, you know, physical illnesses, whatnot. Um, Number two, I would say pause. And a pause can be anywhere between five minutes and five months. (laughs) I think people say pause, take a break. A, it's like very naive thinking because not everybody has the capacity to take time off work. And like the um, person wrote in said, they were able to take five months off work. Well, not able to, they were forced to because of the pandemic. And a lot of people did experience that these past couple years. But going forward, if that's not available to you, if you can't take a full um, leave of absence from work or quit your job or whatever because you have responsibility and money needs and, you know, maybe children or a house mortgage, you know, whatever it's not feasible to just be like go quit your job and take a break and go to bali like that's not reasonable so when i say pause i mean literally from a one minute mindfulness exercise all the way to taking time off work like i am so whatever is within your range of ability Um, mindfulness is another big thing that's been thrown around in media and um, I don't know within my friend groups and stuff it's always come up but it's oh it's really hard to actually remember to do that like I don't (laughs) I'm not a mindful person at all I shovel food in my mouth and I like scrolling on Instagram and TikTok and whatever like I'm definitely not a mindless human but I try and I am cognizant in that I that is a weakness or not a weakness but some place that I can improve on um, which is why I have the mindful moment at the beginning of these podcasts because even if you can do it for 15 seconds while you're listening to this podcast once a week that's better than nothing so when I say pause that's what I mean try to take some time off, even if it's just like a weekend where you try to unplug from work, unplug from social things, and just take time off, however long that's possible to you. Um, Again, everyone's situation is different, but I think that is a very important step to take. Um, And then also after that, I think identifying your stressors outside of work as well. So the first thing is obviously, like I said, your overall symptoms. But then afterwards, I think include all the stressors from work and life and I'm a very visual person. I like to actually write them down on a piece of paper. My writing is terrible, so I can't read it afterwards, but I still like the process of writing down under work. Like these are the things that are specifically dissatisfactory for me um, and why, like the elements behind why. 
and then do that with life. So is that because I don't have enough time for life? It's too, I'm too tired for uh, um, social activities or extracurricular things, or maybe some parts of my personal life is dissatisfactory for whatever reason. You could list out really specific things, like no one's going to look at this. You could burn it after or shred it and throw it out. So write it all down. And then also in that process, think about your priorities in life. So is life more prioritized than work or vice versa? What parts of your work are more prioritized and what parts of your life? And then list them literally from number one all the way down and look at it and reflect upon it and see, is this, does this make sense with what my real priorities are? Like the priorities that I am acting upon, like maybe your priority is to uh, watch Netflix and then three down from that is do the dishes. But maybe not doing the dishes actually really stresses you out. So maybe your priority should be the opposite. I don't know. I just really pulled that out of nowhere, but you get the deal. So symptoms, pause, and then identify your stressors. Okay, I feel like I'm talking really fast because I'm trying to <laughs> keep this under a certain amount of time and there's a lot to go through. So this will be over the 30 minute mark for sure. So after you've looked at your current uh, real priorities and real priorities as in what is actually happening, not what's in your brain and what's idealistic in your brain, I would like you to write down what is idealistic in your brain, what you actually think is better. So would you like to prioritize eating <laughs> over sleep. So for example, if you are skipping breakfast, and I know some of you listening to this, <laughs> you're going to be like, oh my gosh, she's talking about me. If you are skipping breakfast to sleep an extra 15 minutes or, or vice versa, maybe you are waking up super early because you feel like you have to have breakfast or, you know, whatever. So for some people, breakfast is really important. And you know what? I agree. Breakfast is very important, but not everybody is hungry in the morning. So like, obviously don't force feed yourself. Um, but like, you don't need to have like a full bacon and eggs and hash browns and a fancy breakfast. Like if you're good with just toast, like that's cool. Do what works for you. But if some people you want breakfast, but you find that you value your sleep or in the moment your sleep is prioritized over your nutrients, <laughs> essentially, then you need to write that down and be like, ooh, no, this actually should be flipped. It's just not what I'm acting and that's not what I'm doing right now. And that's okay. These lists should be absolutely no judgment. This should be totally free of judgment and totally free of any sort of like self-blame or shame or anything like that. If you have on your priority list, like binge watch for, you know, an hour, uh, this specific TV show or listen to Unpacking Potato podcast, <laughs> then that's fine. Like just put it, be tr try to be as honest with yourself as possible. And again, like I said, no one's reading this. You can share it with people if you want to, but you can also just shred it later on. But just do the activity to look at yourself and see what's going on. Um, and then when you have your priorities side by side, you can really visually see like what's going on in your life and what's contributing to stress. Another thing that I think is super important is to look at possible changes. So look at your ideal changes. So that ideal change might be quit my job. That's okay. If that is your ideal change, write that down. Um, and another ideal change could be, I don't know, uh, 
smaller yard so you don't have to worry about yard work. I don't know. I'm, I really don't know, but you know. So write these changes down um, that are ideal and then look at those ideal ones and take a highlighter and highlight the ones that you think are realistic. So if you're like, in an ideal change, okay, uh, quit my job, move to Bali or Mexico, buy a house and live there forever without having to make another dime. Like that's obviously not like totally realistic right this moment. It might be realistic later, but right in this moment, it might not be realistic. And also um, when you look at the realistic things, try to see where you have some wiggle room. So if you have a couple hundred dollars, maybe extra that you have been putting towards savings, but you might really benefit from hiring a housekeeper to come in once every two weeks or so to help. If you're, you know, a full-time working person, it can be hard to keep up with household things. And if, you know, everybody in your family is working or, you know, whatever, it might be difficult. This is just an example. Um, And another example is like, uh, food delivery services, um, instead of spending money on like Uber Eats or <laughs> Skip the Dishes, all those things, maybe that money can be funneled towards uh, Instacart order where you can order food um, from your phone so you don't have to go grocery shopping because that takes time out of your day and that's stressful for you because you have two kids that every time you go to the grocery store, they try to, you know, eat all the chips off, off the shelf. I don't know. These, I'm literally just making these up. But anyway, um, changes. Look at your ideal ones. Look at the realistic ones. See what you can outsource. And if you don't have the means to do so, that's okay. Um, I would suggest still trying to look for resources because there are resources out there. And so that might be a friend. It could be a family member or a friend that you could be like, hey, this week I am so, so, so swamped. Can you please, please help me? And then from there, you kind of can see what they can help you with rather than trying to do everything yourself and then ending up burning out. And then basically they have to come and take care of you because you've burnt out and you're a shell of a human. Is that about me? Oh, I don't know. okay sorry I laugh and use humor at like my own troubles and it's gonna it's gonna be a thing so you might as well just know now that that is a part of who I am (laughs) so the next thing on my list is seek support so now you have this list in front of you that you've identified what is stressful for you so again going back to your life maybe going to the grocery store is very stressful for you you seek support so like I said from your peers or your friends um, you can ask for help so if it's groceries you know ask for help if it is a task in your work day that you're like I have to do this every single day it is an extra task that is not a requirement for my work like your expectations for your job description has like should a bajillion times in the last two years and I see this so often because places are underworked or not underworked understaffed and overworked so maybe you got a secondary task or something added to your work plate that you're just like I can't so seek support now you have it literally in front of you you have the list of the things that are causing you stress so if you feel that you can bring it up to your supervisor and I know I know not everybody is in the position to have that relationship and that conversation with your supervisor um, but if you can great and now you have like a substantial thing that you can bring to them rather than just going to them being like I'm stressed out because if any of you are supervisors, if someone comes to you and just says, I'm stressed out, it's really hard to know how to help them even if you want to. So from the other perspective, if you go to your supervisor not having exactly, not, maybe it doesn't have to be like super exact, but at least an idea of what you need help in, 
they are not going to be able to help you to the full potential that they would if you had gone to them with like a very specific thing being like, this project is what is um, really adding to my stress right now. And it's something that someone else can do. Can you please help delegate it to another member or whatever? Or you can ask your peers as well. So if you have a coworker who you feel comfortable talking to about that, you can ask them up for some help or ask them for advice or whatever and just get it out there. Worst thing that can happen is nothing changes. They say no, it's not possible because that is reality. That is the worst case scenario. And best case scenario is that that thing can get taken off your plate completely or you can get some assistance. So if you have that capability to seek support, that is what I would do. And I have written, I have a little list here in front of me that I wrote out in preparation of recording this podcast. And I have rest, again, in um, brackets, a realistic realistic amount and prioritize. And I have that underlined and circled. (laughs) So rest, again, is very important. And it has to be a realistic amount to what you need and what you want and what you can physically do and if that is something that you really need in your life but it's something that you can't do because you have children and you don't have um, reliable childcare, or uh, I don't know I'm trying to think of a a reason Um, I don't have children so obviously I'm not like sure on the real real realities behind it but this is what I imagine is that I don't have someone reliable that can watch my children that I know of um, and that kind of prevents me from resting and I'd almost think when I talk to my friends I get this feeling that when they hire a babysitter or they get a friend or a family member to watch their children they feel this pressure to go out and do things and like make the most of that moment but I think truly that that moment and making the mess what the best of that moment can just be rest and that's totally okay like rest should be an activity on its own um and it should be considered a as just as much fun as going out for a dinner in a movie or going out for a drink or whatever. That's my opinion. So if you have the capacity to ask around, you can ask your friends, maybe you made a new friend, you're not sure how they are with kids, but you're too nervous to ask, like ask them like, hey, how do you feel about coming over, you know, and hanging out with my kids um, while I go and do this or that? And if like, seriously, I have told people so I had this person once who was really stressed out about going to their in-laws for Christmas and they were they were like every time I go there there's a big fight it's stressful for me whatever and we have to like to travel like all across the country and blah 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 they had to like go to Alberta or something I don't know it was this whole thing so I told them like take a day and get yourself a hotel in the city and just leave for the day you have all these family members to look after your kids your husband can stay husband can stay with them so they have one-on-one time with their family and you tell them hey I have this errand to run you know make up whatever if you don't feel comfortable or you can just tell them straight up like I really need this take that opportunity and do that for yourself and I told them as your therapist I give you permission to do this and I've changed a couple things in this story just to like for confidentiality and whatnot but this is very similar it is this is basically what I told them I was like tell them you have my permission (laughs) or that it is your homework it is your duty to do that and they did it and it was like the best thing ever for them to be able to do that and like blame it on me (laughs) because they literally told their family members like she told me I should so whoever is listening to this I'm telling you it is your homework to go and do that (laughs) whether it's for a day or for an hour or whatever and if anyone gives you crap you can say hey this person told me to (laughs) anyway 
Um, okay, <laughs> going on to the next step is reprioritize work and life. So again, this is basically just to summarize everything, those two lists that you've made, or I guess four lists at this point, if you, you know, I, I wrote down your symptoms and I identify your stressors and each of the categories and all these things, you have all these lists in front of you. Your job now is to look at that and say, what can I do for my optimum level of happiness? Because that's all that matters right now in this moment. Again, this is not, you know, if you have kids and other responsibilities, like, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so you still, even if you do have kids and family and responsibility, you should be prioritizing your optimal level of happiness. I truly believe that. I always just feel bad because like I don't have kids. So I don't know the reality of those things because I am very privileged to have my own time and all these things. So I always like to just add in there, you know, it's, it's up to you. And definitely like, the disclaimer is applicable to every single one of my podcasts. Like you do you, <laughs> this is just my opinion. So yes, go ahead, reprioritize work and life. And then the very final thing that I have on here for the quick condensed version of burnout and work-life balance is the hot tip of say no and say yes. Honey, what does that mean? <laughs> You're telling us to say no and say yes. Yes. So this is, you need to empower yourself to say no to the things you do not want to do and be very honest with yourself. I am so bad at this. I am such a people, I was such a people pleaser. I am working on it. I'm better at it now. So if I am like, nope, I'm too tired for this event. That sounds super fun and I want to go and I have FOMO, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to say, you know what, guys, you go ahead. I would love to see it or spend time with you, but realistically speaking, I don't think I will have the energy to do so. Cool. Also, if someone comes to you and be like, hey, can you take on this project or this task? And you're like, whoa, this is really good. It'll really look good on my resume or look good for my annual, you know, whatever meeting about my work, whatever. If you don't have it in you, the capacity, then say no. Be like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> That's okay. If they get mad at you for that, like they can't because they asked you, they're like, hey, do you want to just say no? And then on the contrary, say yes, say yes to things you want to do. It's that simple. <laughs> so if there is something that comes up that you're like, okay, this is actually super fun. So for me right now, that's dance. Dance gives me life. Dance gives me, it just brings me so much joy. It's good for my physical health and my mental health and my social health. It's just great. So I prioritize dance and I say yes to things. And then I try to see where else in my life I can cut back on in order for me to have that time with dance. So I say yes. So I encourage you to say yes to the things you want to do and don't live limit yourself in that possibility. We are our own limits, like all the time. I think there's like literally books written about that. We are the ones that tell ourselves, rationalize with ourselves. No, we can't afford it. We don't have time. Um, my partner will be mad at me that I'm not spending enough time with them. My mom wants me to go shopping with her instead. You know, I need to cook my dog's dinner. <laughs> I don't know. Um, give yourself permission. Give yourself that ability to bring things into your life that bring joy and say yes to those things, whether that is a person or an activity or spend time with yourself, like whatever it might be, give yourself permission and say yes. So that is my condensed quick version of burnout and how I think you can achieve 
a good work-life balance slash fight existing burnout. Because I think the majority of us listening to this is probably at least a little bit burnt out in one way or another. And I think that it's important to also understand that it's A, not your fault, um, but B, not completely out of your control to fight it. Because at the beginning of the podcast, I was saying it's so frustrating to me when they when people think that they mismanage their own stress, therefore that's why they're feeling like crap. I hate that notion so much. There are so many things that people can do around you. I mean, and I mean by people, I mean your supervisors, especially in a work environment or if you're a family, your partnership. Um, other people have a little bit of uh, say, I guess, in that level of stress. If your supervisors are loading work on you without even asking you or without anything like that, having that kind of conversation, then that's also on them and that's on the institution and the organization. It's not on you as a person. Yes, there are definitely things that you can do for yourself and I will do an entire episode on self-care and what I think self-care is and I will do further episodes on this topic specifically going into um, specific parts of it, but I just want to let you know that it's not all on you. It's not a failure on your part if you're feeling down and depressed and you know, stressed about work and anxious about something that you used to love is not your fault. It is not on you to completely fix it all on your own. There are people around you to help and there are resources out there for you. And you do also have the power to manage that altogether. So basically, I want to take the blame off you. (laughs) I'm going to take it off, off you, off your shoulders. I'm going to take it, you know, take your backpack (laughs) and put it in my backpack and then I'm gonna give you all the power and the love to regain that sense of joy and happiness in your work and your life in all those fun things. I know this episode was on the longer side so if you made it to the end thank you. I really hope you enjoyed it. It's definitely a topic that I'm very passionate about and that I have a lot lot to say in. So if you have any suggestions or if you have any specific questions regarding anything that I talked about today, I would be more than happy to elaborate on them, um, whether privately or over another episode. Um, So just give me a message on Unpacking Potato on Instagram. Or you can, if you want to stay anonymous, you can always use the Google form as well, which is linked in the description. Thank you again so, so much, everybody for all your support um and we are now on apple Podcasts, like i said so for the reviews i really really appreciate hearing what you think um and just getting that feedback is really nice so that's it for me today if you are listening in the morning i hope you have the best day ever and if you're listening in the evening i hope you have a wonderful sleep and i'll catch you next time bye Thank you to my partner Vince for the lovely music and this episode is once again sponsored by potatoes, uh, specifically tater tots because I had them this weekend and they're great.